Face to Face Healthy Relationship Talk Radio with one of the leading specialists and foremost authorities in healthy techniques in relationships. Learn why honor, beauty, leadership, and self-help is important for your empowerment. Get practical information on why you attract your opposite with balancing self-love and health. Also, listen to proven strategies to avoid major interrelationship mistakes that keep you bonded and push people away. Now, here's your relationship specialist and host, Daia Six. Hey, 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 welcome, 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 you guys. Is there an echo in here? Is there an echo in here? Is there a, you guys, <laughs> I forgot where I got that from, but you guys, I learned that when I was a kid. I always wanted to do that. I don't know why I am like amp today, but anyways, uh, my sister and I, we used to always say that to each other when we were kids, you know, but anyways, you guys, welcome, 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 welcome to face-to-face healthy relationship talk radio, and that thank you for joining me and giving me your time. You know, I always say that because I really do appreciate it. If you are new to the show, I am your relationship specialist and host, Daia Six. So what's going on with today's show? Did I hear somebody ask that? I think so. Today's topic, all right, you guys, is your relationship simultaneously with work and home. How many of us are balancing it properly? I know that I'm not. I am a guilty of that, okay? Especially in this fast-paced, highly-priced, and socially-stimulated world. These days, it takes at least, what, two incomes to, you know, live the lifestyle that you want? So... This show today is going to be an easy talk, but it's way, way, way overdue. Yeah, it is. It's long overdue because we need these type of talks, you guys, in order to keep our households balanced. I don't think we talk about it enough. And our guest today is no stranger to the challenges women face in their work environment. And that's why we have her on today. Also, we will have a Dear Diet letter. And we will respond to a young lady. We, oh, wait a minute. Actually, we don't have her name, right, Nye? Okay, so we don't have her name, you guys. But it's okay. She's coming in simultaneously. I mean, not simultaneously. Um, anonymous. And it's okay because we allow that. If you don't want to give your business out, it's okay. As long as we get you the content that you're looking for. That's all that counts, right? And she wants to know if she should take it personal that her man goes off to work After work, he goes to other places and he doesn't come straight home. So we're going to talk about that, okay? And I know a lot of women go through that because guess what? A lot of my clients ask me, should I be upset? Why isn't he coming home? You know, things like that. So I think we need to pretty much get started. Oh, wait a minute. Before we go, we're going to do something new today. We have this thing that we're going to talk about. You guys, we're also going to play a game called Game Time where our guest will answer some questions on her personal preferences. So I think we need to start that clock, Roy. I think it's about that time. Let's go. Hi, women in this day and age, right? First of all, this day and age, I have to say that I admire so many women who are out there being the boss, being executives, doing what they want to do, and especially doing what they love, right? We have women who are executives. We have women who call themselves boss chicks, right? And there are many other names that put women in these categories. But are women taking on the masculine energy too much these days? 
people have argued it. You know, can a woman balance her career and love life without hindering either one? Our guest knows all about that life. And wait till she tells you her story. Talk about woman power. I love it when I have women on the show that has woman power. That, and I have to say, I admire because she is an accomplished businesswoman and, you guys, pilot. P-I-L-O-T. That's what I said. Yes. And we know that she had to have at least had some type of groundbreaking trails for women. And she has led large teams at leading aerospace firms because she was searching out new technologies. Right. And she was strategizing. She was marketing and implementing them on a worldwide basis while having a family and moving in and out of multiple transitions. I guess we're just going to have to listen, get the paper and pen out because I guess we got a lot of notes to take from this woman. You guys, please welcome our guest joining us all the way from Arizona, author, speaker, and coach, Karen Pierce. Miss Pierce, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Daya. Oh, you are welcome. First of all, I want to say thank you for coming on to the show. And I want to be able to give everyone a sneak peek of you, all right? (laughs) Because first of all, when I found out the pilot thing, you know, my head was just like, no way. Like, even today, you don't see women. I'm thinking, have I even ran across a woman pilot as of today? I cannot say that I have. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's unusual. It, um, more and more, you're starting to hear them uh, come over the radio when you're taking your seat and they're giving you the weather and that sort of thing. But uh, it's it's still not a real common thing. It's not. What made you want to do that, especially being a female? Well, it kind of started back in high school, actually, even a little bit before that. My dad would take um, the family to the airport. Uh, just to watch airplanes go, you know, mostly for my little brother, actually. Yeah. And um, so I, I kind of got interested in them, but I wasn't too excited until about high school because I was involved with a marching band, and we had won this trip to Hawaii. Um, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do when I grew up. I loved math and science, but really didn't really didn't know what career I wanted to go for. Right. And, we got on this 747 from Minneapolis, and back in those days, there was no direct flight to Hawaii. You stopped in L.A. And, well, you've got 200 high school kids, right, now yeah. stuck in L.A., mm-hmm. and someone was bored and sat on that little bump out on the door that usually has a little placard that says, this is not a seat, do not sit. It houses the, um, the emergency slide chute, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you sit on it, you break it. And when you break it, they have to replace the whole darn door. So we wound up having uh, what was supposed to be about a 45-minute to an hour layover turn into six hours. And everybody was just as bored as we were. So the pilots would, back in those days, you could come back onto the airplane, and they allowed us into the cockpit. Uh And when I walked into that cockpit and I saw all those buttons and dials and that massive throttle quadrant, I said, say that I want to take this baby off. (laughs) 
That is, you know what? And you know, I have been in, I've been in those quarters before too. And it is wonderful to see. It's, it's amazing to see all those lights light up in the seats and you're just like, oh my God, it's a whole new world. And that big old window. I remember, I remember the first time when I went in there too. So I want to be in the front of the bus. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So, okay. So right then and there, did you know you were like, okay. I'm going to go to pilot school. Like, but what led you to that? Cause I, we know it happened after high school, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, well that I, I made the decision right then and there. And I was telling everybody that was what I was going to do, which of course was left, you know, most people were chuckling pretty good about that. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's actually scared the death out of me. Cause what if, what if, you know, and I put all my eggs in one basket. What if right. I took flying lessons and I hated it? Right. Yeah. You know, I had this, this, you know, what, what am I going to say to all my friends? You know, I'm going to have this egg on my face. So, um, I actually went to the university of Arizona for the first uh, semester uh-huh. because of their program. And, um, my backup was aerospace engineering, just in case things didn't work out. At least I could be around airplanes and enjoy the math and science part of things. But, um, when the, after my first year of college, I finally said to myself, well, it's now or never. Either I'm going to get in that airplane and decide about it or, you know, this is, this is crazy. So um, with a little bit of pulling and tugging on my parents a little bit, um, yeah. got in the airplane and loved it from, from the first second. Yeah, it was, it's like an adrenaline in your blood. I mean, you're, you're either love it, love it, love it, or you really don't like it at all. Right. Oh, <laughs> so my I goodness. was hooked. I was hooked. So okay. I went through and did, got all my, my licenses and was instructing by the uh, year later. And okay, so helped. you know what my next question is going to be, right? Yeah. It's going to be, how many other women did you see taking the class or in a class or, or practicing? How many other women were around you? There was one other woman that I took um, my instruction with. And we were kind of um, bolstering each other up and encouraging each other because we were put through the ringer. We were not treated the same way the guys were. For example, um, when we were supposed to learn the mechanics of the airplane and the engine and all of that, my instructor actually took me out to the mechanics bay and had me disassemble and reassemble an engine. Now, that is definitely not required, but that was what he wanted. And actually, I was very thankful for that because when I would give a complaint about an aircraft, I would put in a, a, a request for maintenance. Yeah. Most people didn't, most, most of the mechanics didn't believe me. And so I really had to speak their language. I had to tell them exactly what was wrong with it and why I knew that it was wrong with it. And then they would, then they would pay attention. So I was very thankful for it. At the time, I was not real happy about it. But, you know, in the end, it was really, really quite good. Well, you know what? We are getting ready to come up on tunes really quick, really fast. I can't believe that um, this first segment is going by so quick and so fast. But this is one of the reasons why I wanted to really have you on the show, because it shows that you had to have really paved the way for other women to come along and, 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 and I mean, fly in a plane. I think you're the very first woman that I know that has done that. I, yeah, you are. I don't know any other women that has done that. And 
if you can give any quick advice to someone who or a, a, another woman that wants to, you know, follow in those footsteps, what could you say to her? I said, just just go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it shouldn't matter what, what gender you are. I mean, um, I think there's a lot more openness to um, those unusual, unusually um, feminine pathways. But I would say don't pay attention to the naysayers. If you want to do it, just go for it and be confident in your choice. Okay. Well, when we come back, I'm going to ask you an ultimate question that a lot of women experience in the workplace. You guys do not go anywhere because we have so much to talk about. All right? Stay connected with DIA 6 for more information on practical tips, proven strategies, and healthy techniques right here on Face-to-Face Healthy Relationship Talk Radio. Attention ladies, have you ever wanted to create a successful platform and a voice for yourself? Do you believe in leadership, diversity, and equality? If you're between the ages of 18 to 30, by October, Miss Indigenous International Beauty Pageant invites you. Come compete and represent your country in the only pageant glorifying women with natural hair and beauty. And the first to do it globally. Teach the world while serving your community. Imagine yourself being the planet's Miss Indigenous. Finally, the luxurious feeling of being a real beautiful woman. Hurry, space is limited. Go to MissIndigenous.com and apply now. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Harvard Medical School indicates that the most effective method for losing weight is to cut back on your consumption of calories while bumping up your activity level. They use the example of eating a candy bar, which takes a mere minute or two. But most people would have to walk for over 40 minutes to burn those calories. Remember that 3,500 calories equals one pound of fat. Reducing your daily calorie intake by 500 calories and working out is a sure way to drop weight and increase health benefits. They state that you will shed approximately one pound of fat for every 35 miles you walk, assuming that your food intake and activity stay the same. That is encouraging news and very doable. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Baby, I've been thinking about you. Now, back to the only show educating you with the face-to-face system and opposites attract connection. Here's your host, Daia Six. All right, you guys, we are back with Karen Pierce joining us all the way from Arizona. Talk about author, speaker, and coach. Now, you know, I want to ask you one other question before we get into all the goodies that that, that you can uh, provide our listeners today. Um, when you were going, okay, so was it pilot school? Is that the correct term? Um, I went I went through pilot training while okay. I was going to university. Yeah. Okay. And what about harassment as a woman back then? Because you're a beautiful woman, right? Um, you have these piercing blue eyes, right? <laughs> this bright hair. And so when men look at you, you know, we know that some of the things that go through men's heads or whatever the case may be, and men have been training me on literally what men think about. <laughs> but, you know... <laughs> What, what have, did you experience any of that? 
being that there weren't a lot of women around you? Um, there was a lot of uh, flirting. There was a lot of, you know, cat calls, that kind of thing. Um, the hardest part for me was really the respect. Yeah. And when I was, when I was teaching, I, I was 19 at the time I started teaching, and I looked about 12. Oh, wow. I was 108 pounds, 5 foot 8, and um, I would get these big burly guys that are coming in, and they were actually scared. I mean, people are a little nervous about learning to fly, even if they really got a passion for it. Mm-hmm. And um, they're looking at, here's your instructor, and here's this sweet young thing that <laughs> looks like they should be home babysitting. Yeah. Um, so I really had to adopt, um, and that actually was a really good thing for me, adopt a command presence. Um, some people yeah. call it kind of an executive posture. Yeah. That says, hey, I'm, I'm in charge, I'm in control, not, I'm not in a, in a bossy way, but I know what I'm doing. I had um, one young guy who was a, a university student. He was maybe 21, mm-hmm. and um, he thought he knew better than I, and we got up and was, were doing some maneuvers. He was an advanced student, and he um, was about to put us into a spin, which is not a thing you want to get into. I mean, I'm trying to get out of it and that sort of thing, but the whole idea is that it's, it's, not, it's not something you want to enter. And um, the, the one thing that was very clear, foundational, is when I say, I've got it, I've got the control of the airplanes. Everybody's feet and hands are off. Mm-hmm. I did that, and he fought me on it. Now, I can't overpower somebody, but um, I'm, I'm certainly not going to overpower a guy twice my size. Of course. But we had quite a discussion. I came back and said, hey, I, you know, if you can't trust me in this, I'm not your instructor. And I'm perfectly fine with that, but this cannot happen for your safety as well as mine. And he came back. He wanted to be my, my student. The nerve of him, but I'm happy that he became a little humble at the end then, right? Yeah. Or no? Yes. Okay. Oh, my goodness. The nerve. Oh I think he had God. to come to face to face with who really knows more yeah. and, and who really can you trust. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. And I am woman, and please do not overpower me, woman. <laughs> you know, men go through that stuff. Okay, I want to ask you some questions that will help our listeners out, especially those women that want to or are in, you know, fields that are, you know, predominantly dominated by men, right? Do you think, especially even for, especially for your position, do you think that in order to have that position that women have to be in the alpha state, you mean uh, be more like a man in a skirt? Yeah, exactly. No, absolutely no. not. Okay. Uh, and and I think that is really one of the big fallacies. The the hard part for us is that uh, the women that have made it so far really have made it by becoming manlike. You know, they're em- emulating the leaders that were in their company or in their their industry um, in order to be accepted. So that's what we have to look forward for and, and, and look up to for the most part. Um, I like to use the example. It's not a political statement by any standard, but when you look at um, someone like Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. she actually speaks down out of her chest to the point where it's hurting her vocal cords. 
Mm-hmm. Um, she is is very um, plain and and in her in her dress, it's in her mannerisms. It's very like you would say alpha. Yeah. Um, and yet she's you know she was campaigning for the highest office in the country. Um, that that image is really not necessarily what we need to aspire to. Um, I, I'm not faulting her. That's what got her where she is. Yeah. But for for what women can really contribute in the workplace and in the world in general is being who they are. Mm-hmm. Statistics show that women um, groups and, and um, companies that are run by women, sales teams that are run by women have a higher um, satisfaction from their employees, have higher productivity, have higher sales numbers, and just all, all overall are just much happier in their positions. Yeah. So there is something about what females bring to the workplace that is um, encouraging and helpful to what the business is all about. I agree 100%. And when I was reading information about you, I was like, oh, my God, this, is, this woman reminds me. Have you ever seen the movie Hidden Figures? Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I have my own Hidden Figures story. Yeah. You do? Go for it. Go for it. I was hired on by um, Boeing when I first came out of school. And we were were freshly married and, you know, going across the country. And it was, well, my whole interview is a whole other story. But uh, we got out to Boeing, and Boeing was so big and growing so fast that they had uh, trailers in the parking lot for the overflow of their, their staff. Well, I was then out in this trail, and of course, Seattle's always raining, right? Yeah. Well, I like to say that when my husband and I said, I do, we did, I was pregnant almost within three weeks of our marriage. Wow. <laughs> it's not planned. So then right. listen up, ladies, you know, birth control, yes, yeah. but it's not 100%. It's not. No, it is not. No, it's not. <laughs> so here I am pregnant, having to go to the bathroom, I don't know how many times a day, right? Well, the only bathroom was clear at the end of the seven, uh, 7th to 7 line, which was, if you think about how large 727s are, end to tail, all the way down, I mean, it was football fields long. So yes. I go out the parking lot, in the rain, up the stairs, down, running all the way out. Oh, my goodness. It's like hidden figures, just to find the only woman's bathroom in the whole darn place. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I know the things that women go through, you know, men can just be themselves. But there's so many things that we have to worry about as women, you know, just being conscious of our bodies and the whole nine. I mean, I mean, kudos to us when we're even put in those positions. You know what I mean? Okay, so here's my question. So you end up getting married. You end up starting a family, the whole nine. Were there ever a time in your relationship where you were fighting for um, any type of respect, any type of dominancy, any type of understanding in your relationship when it comes to your husband. Because some women go to work, especially in masculine positions, which we call, for lack of a better word, and when they come home, they don't know how to turn it off. Men will complain. Mm -hmm. You want to be the boss. You want to do this. You want to do that. Did you have any of those problems at first? You know, what did you or anything that you can, you know, give to our listeners? 
I think the hardest time for us was when we were overseas. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was, my husband was still traveling a lot. So he was, um, and he was traveling not just domestically within the country, he was traveling all over the place. So he was constantly jet lagged. And when he wasn't jet lagged, he was um, trying to catch up on what was going on in the office and trying to fit in with the culture and develop friends where we were and have time with me. And um, unfortunately, what I was doing took a lot of nights and weekends because I was working with um, students. I was working with um, a church. And so, you know, my life couldn't end because he happened to be home that weekend. I still had responsibilities. And there would be times where he just wanted me to stop. Just, you know, you, you've got your work and you've got, you know, this, and I'm home now. I want, I want time with you, which is a really good feeling. I mean, to be that jealous of, of having some time with me. Yeah. So we had some t- struggles to work out um, what the expectations were. And it, it really kind of circled around with his responsibilities um, he had to recognize that he was going to give up being able to have seriously um, uh, deep relationships with the people that we we were involved with overseas, and to the extent that um, mine would be much deeper, just because I was there more often. My my job didn't require me to travel, but um, that we had to work out times that were set aside for us, just us. And be able to um, keep that keep that intact, so that he felt he was special. That that um, I was giving him the time that was due. That um, I wasn't trying to lord over him. Well, now this is my you know my work, my travel, my my whatever. Um, so take that. And, you know, they can easily come into that kind of a, a conflict. Right. Uh, you know, how dare you, you know, make demands on my time? You've been gone. You know, you can you know, yeah. just imagine the kind of um, conversations that can go on. Yeah. But when you respect each other and have clear priorities about, okay, this is really important for me, but we need to figure out where where we want to have our special times, our our ability to really communicate, um, and just be together because that's essential if you're going to keep it together. You do, and that's extremely important. And did he ever? Did you think that he ever went maybe through a jealous moment or a moment where you're just like, oh, my God, he's changing a little bit. I'm going to have to really jump in and help my husband and guide him so that he has a clear understanding of what's going on. Not only not only have a clear understanding, but feel it as well, you know, because, you know, men. One thing about men is, you know, they do they do um, have these egos, especially when women are working and 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 traveling or whatever the case may be. But how did you keep your house how did you yeah how did you keep your household grounded how did you keep the love right and how did you keep the bond between you and your husband and I want you to hold on that thought because we're getting ready to come up on a break and when we return we're going to have Miss Karen answer all of those questions because I know there's women out there that are going through these same things. You guys don't go anywhere and then stick around because then we're going to tell you how you can get her book for free. Stay connected with Daia 6 for more information on practical tips, proven strategies and healthy techniques. 
right here on Face to Face Healthy Relationship Talk Radio. Attention, ladies. Would you like to create a platform for your success? When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Intelligence, a leader, or trendsetter? What about a queen? Well, if you're between the ages of 18 to 30 by October, Miss Indigenous International Beauty Pageant is looking for you to come represent your country. It's the only pageant glorifying women with natural hair and beauty and the first to do it globally. Come create value and make a difference while serving your community. Finally, the luxurious feeling of being a real beautiful woman. Hurry, space is limited. Beat the early bird deadline. Go to www.missindigenous.com. Apply now. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. The National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute defines high cholesterol as a condition in which you have too much cholesterol in your blood. By itself, the condition usually has no signs or symptoms. People who have high blood cholesterol have a greater chance of getting coronary artery disease. According to the American Heart Association, more than 120 million Americans over the age of 20 have cholesterol counts that are above a healthy level. Harvard Medical School says that the good news is that cholesterol levels can be controlled, and just by lowering your total cholesterol 10%, you can decrease your heart attack risk by 20 to 30%. Making changes in your eating is important, but including daily exercise is a must. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our Facebook fan page at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Baby, I've been thinking about you. Now, back to the only show educating you with the face-to-face system and opposites attract connection. Here's your host, Daiya Six. Okay, so for those of you that who are still tuning in, thank you. And those of you that who are just tuning in, we have author, speaker, and coach, Miss Karen Pierce here joining us. And yes, I, you know, I can't get off this fact that this woman was a pilot, first of all. I mean, that's just that's just almost unheard of. Very first woman pilot that I know. And I appreciate your time um, coming onto the show and teaching women how to, you know, balance, um, you know, their careers as well as their households. And when I tell you that that is a job within itself, let alone with children, because you we didn't even mention the, the two kids that you've had, right? It's two, right? It's two, yes. Yeah, you know, mentioned two kids. So you were doing all of these things, and this is why women are called super women, because we balance so many things. But before we went on a break, I asked you a question, and I said, how did you keep the love in your household? How did you keep the bond? How did you keep your husband's self-esteem up? How did you encourage him? All of those things in one, and balance your kids, you know, the whole nine, and have a career. How did you do all of that? Well, it kind of goes back to um, what we were talking about earlier, about bringing your work life into your home. Yeah. Um, one of the things, you know, we, we do it in business all the time is we have a vision, we have a mission, right? We can articulate that and tell each other in the halls and everybody knows what the company's about and what our group is doing, what our team is doing. And unfortunately, you know, when you think about how we get into marriage, we're more focused as engaged couples about 
um, what colors we're going to have, what kind of cake we're going to serve, and where grandma's going to sit, then we really are about thinking about what our life together is going to be like. If you're starting a business, you're going to be putting a business plan together. You're going to be looking at all the potential pitfalls and what you're going to do to um, avoid them. And you know, engaged couple ever thinks that they're going to go bankrupt or be divorced in three years. But despite the statistics, they kind of head into it with the idea that they're going to be the exception. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we did um, before we were married was really sit down and think about what was our life going to be like? What did we want to build together? And putting that vision together was really profoundly helpful. I mean, I don't think we really knew what we were doing at the time. But when I say a vision, it's not like a, a you know two or three sentence kind of thing. I mean, when we put a vision together, I'm talking about a day in the life of, almost like a diary entry. What are you doing? Who's around you? What's happening? How do you feel? With all the things that you want to have happened by that you know, five-year point. I'd like to yeah. start with the five-year point. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're working together towards something, you know, there's all kinds of challenges that come into, into play, right? Every single day there's a hiccup that goes on, just like a project at work. But at work, because you know you're going to get it done, you punch through it and you just you just tackle it, right? Yes. And you become very innovative and creative and it, it bonds the team together. Well, that's exactly what happens in a marriage. So if you know where you're going, that mountain of chaos that's right in front of you really starts to turn into more of an anthill. Mm-hmm. And in the scheme of things, you can say, it's not that big a deal or we'll handle this together, honey, right? Yes, exactly. My husband had such a clear picture of what we were going to be when we were 80 years old. Ha! I love it. <laughs> and, you know, and honestly, that kept him through some times he would really like to wring my neck. Just, you know, these, these two, you know, old farts sitting on a you know, bench, you know, holding hands and, lo- and still in love with each other. Right. That was the picture in his mind. That was the long-term picture. But we had, I don't mean five-year plans because we don't really build five-year plans because five-year plans are just, God gets in there and screws everything up and moves it different ways and, you know, it's it's all great. And that's perfect. But we have a place where we're going. We think about where, where are we being led where, where, what is God using um, in our lives to move us forward? How are we putting that together? And um, what do we really want out of our family? What do we want out of our careers? What do we want out of our marriage? Where do we want to be? That kind of thing. That is absolutely cru- crucial. Absolutely crucial. I agree 100%. So now let's talk about this book that, you know, that will be coming out soon. You know, um, you know, can you enhance your marriage by bringing work home? Most people say leave your work at the workplace, (laughs) right? Yep. Yeah. Most people would say that. So it's like, where did you, first of all, where did you get the title of, you know, the title of the book is It's My Time, Perfecting Balance in Your Priorities, Passions, and Purpose. Uh-huh. But it really is about taking what we've learned in what su- makes us successful in business into our um, home life in a way that makes sense. Um, the, the, the most successful people that you see oftentimes have the worst home life. And you're thinking, well, why? And it's because they haven't put what's been working in one place 
into their relationships. In fact, they've made, they've made work their center and tried to fit life in around it. And so when we talk about work-life balance, I don't, I don't think there is such a thing. I call it integration. It's really a blending. And if you think about, as a woman, you're, you're a daughter, you're a wife, you're a mother, you're a sister, you're a friend, all at the same time. And you're a professional. Right. And yeah. it, there, you, you don't just suddenly switch bodies or you know, switch brains and become something else. You're completely encapsulated in all those roles. So right. it's a way of how to integrate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the book, what I talk about is some practical ways to start putting some things together that draw you and your, your spouse together, that allow you to build that life to set some priorities, I call them non, non-negotiables. Um, just oh. think about it as the policies and procedures manual at work. You know, not nearly that dry. But yeah. things like, do you have rules for fighting? I mean, for us, right from the get-go, it was we're we're not going to use the D word ever, no matter how how um, angry we got. Um, we, we were never going to mention divorce because yes. the, the thing that really breaks down trust is the idea that at some point someone's going to just say, I've had enough yeah. and they're not, and they're going to give it up. And again, yeah. that's that long-term view is that it's not a, it's not a sentence. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, it's a desire to make it work because you really do love someone. You've got to have that love and commitment there. Yeah. So I yeah. talk about how to put the, so some of those non-negotiables together and really filter out what the priorities are in your life. And in a way that's, that's kind of entertaining and kind of keeps you from diving into that Wonder Woman syndrome, which is just a surefire way to burn yourself out and satisfy no one. I like to say it's for those people that are trying to do it all, be it all, have it all, and satisfy no one at all. Yeah. Um, so what I'd like to offer your, your viewers is um, the book is due out in, eight, in August, excuse me, October, and um, I would love to offer them uh, the book for free, just as on a pre-order. Uh, all we need to wow. do is pay for the, the, the shipping, so I don't go broke yes. <laughs> shipping it out right. to everybody. Yeah. Uh, and with that, I'm going to give you the free visioning guide, which will help you start with that plan. Um, a way to just really dream again with your, with your spouse and really look at how do you want your life to turn out, because it's all about life. Work fits in. Right. Right. Exactly. So if they would like to order that book for free, um, they can go to my website, Karen M as a Marie Pierce, P I E R C E dot com slash H R T. Now that sounds amazing. And you know what? I will tell you this. When people are giving away books, they don't have the guides and that is extremely important. Tell everybody what they can expect with this guide that you're, that you're adding on with the book. Well, the guide will help you walk through the, the way to pull out those ideas. I think, you know, as kids, we always, we could dream very easily. We could pretend and we could, we could um, fantasize all we wanted. When, as we got older, for some reason, uh, we kind of get told that that's, that's not okay to do. I mean, it's just not, it's just not adult, right? Right, yeah. 
Um, but it's important because dreams and, and plans and uh, um, ambition for something better is really healthy. It's kind of like, um, you know, when you get a new car, all of a sudden you see that same car everywhere, right? Yeah. Whereas it seems like everybody bought the same car. Well, when you have a real clear vision about where you're going, you start to see ways and opportunities to make that happen. Mm-hmm. It's the same, same principle. So the guide helps you go through the different areas of your life, your finances, your, your career, your family, your, um, your spiritual life, those kinds of things that help you draw out what is it that you don't like about what's going on right now? What would you like to improve? How do you, what, does it, what is it that you want it to be? And um, really put it into the five senses. So when you write it down, you actually feel like you've accomplished it. You're experiencing it. You're actually living it. And that's what makes it real. It's not just another task list on your, on your paper that you're going to not pay attention to and throw away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do you, so do you think when it all boils down to it, do you think women have to choose? Because I listen to all these videos. I hear all these, all, every, every, you know, all these women talking about, you know, women, you have to choose your career first. No women, you have to choose love first. No women, you have to choose your family first. It's like, okay, personally, well, I'm, I'm not going to give my input. I want to hear yours. Do you think that a woman has to choose career or family first or marriage for that saying, you know, cause you know, marriage and family is pretty much the same thing. Do you think that she has to make a choice? No, no, absolutely not. Um, and my answer to that would be, we have men that we have respected as providers and great fathers and not thought twice of it. Right. And I, I don't believe if you have been given talents that you feel very much called to, to contribute to the world on that you're supposed to <laughs> hide them. Right. If you're, if you're going to use them, you've also got the ability to be able to pay attention to both responsibilities and both passions without, with, without having to, to uh, say that it's one or the other. I agree. And I think it's so half-witted when people say <laughs> that you have to choose one over the other. You do not. You just have to create the balance so that one is not neglected over the other. That's what I think. That's what I've always done. You know, some women go, oh, my goodness. I just saw I should. You know what? I should have played the clip on, um, you know, here on the show today that we could have both agreed, you know, together. You guys stay tuned because we still have the game that we're going to play called Game Time. Don't you go anywhere. <laughs> Stay connected with DIA 6 for more information on practical tips, proven strategies, and healthy techniques right here on Face-to-Face Healthy Relationship Talk Radio. larger parking spaces? The owners of the Togla Rest Stop in southeastern China think so. They have created a number of parking spaces that are 50% larger, designated for female drivers, with the international symbol for women and outlined in pink. When asked by a Chinese newspaper why they felt the need to enlarge the parking spaces for women drivers, a lot manager explained that they observed female drivers having a difficult time parking, which slowed down the order of traffic. 
I admit, I'm a bit of a baity bummel or bungler when it comes to parking, but is this really necessary? Actually, I was complimented on my parking the other day. Someone left a note that said, Parking? Fine. It's Marching Day. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's Marching Day. Ah, the good old days. A hundred years ago, the average life expectancy was 47 years. More than 95% of all births occurred at home, and only 14% of U.S. homes had a bathtub. Most women only washed their hair once a month and used borax or egg yolks for a shampoo. Of course, eggs were a mere 14 cents a dozen. 100 years ago, only 8% of homes had a telephone, beginning a century of telewagging. A hundred years ago, there were only 8,000 cars registered in the U.S. and just 144 miles of paved roads. The average wage in the U.S. was 22 cents an hour. What's a word for the pathological yearning for the good old days? Hesternophobia. It's marching day. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. Baby, I've been thinking about you. Now, back to the only show educating you with the face-to-face system and opposites attract connection. Here's your host, Daia Six. And also, people who want to look for love, that is, Miss Karen. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, you guys, we're going to ask, I want to ask Miss Karen a few more questions, you know, and then um, I want to get more information regarding your book um, because I think that your book will really be a good force for women these days, you know. Um, and when you see women right now in the working field versus like when you were growing up, what are the differences that you see right now? Differences. Um, yeah, any type I, I of find differences. Their, I find their husbands more involved, which I think mm-hmm. is great. Um, I see more women, period, which is which is awesome. But I do see a bit more naivete about um, how they strategize their careers, um, especially with the the new millennial generation, um, not really understanding what it takes to move forward, the importance of networking, um, even the subtleties. I mean, you, you talked about discrimination um, earlier, and back when I entered the workforce, it was really new into the women's lib, and, you know, it was pretty much out there in the open, and um, guys were just learning about what they could say and what they couldn't say. Um, now we're a little bit more educated, and while there, you know, the news would certainly say that there's a whole lot of stuff still going on that uh, we don't approve of, a lot of the, the things that happen in the workplace, decisions that are made are also um, still there. Um, decisions about promotions, decisions about travel and, and that kind of thing. And so I really am a little concerned about women in terms of how are they, how astute are they um, and how proactive are they mm-hmm. about um, talking about what their, their uh, desires are, what their plan is, right. really getting, how, how well can they really drill down to what's going on in the workplace so that they can, they can determine if things are being 
not working the way they should. And, and I, I kind of couch that a little bit because I know many companies are trying very hard to um, be very, very fair about everything. But it's not uncommon if you're 38 years old and you, you haven't had a baby yet, um, whether you're married or not, that there's kind of an undercurrent of, well, you know, she's getting older, maybe she's going to, maybe this two-year project with this is not, you know, it's not said anymore. It used to be out on the open and said, but it's not. Yeah. So what would you say to a woman who has a husband, right? Mm-hmm. And he got a new job because this is something that happened to you. Mm-hmm. Your husband was like, hey, we're leaving the United States. And that's a new world. It's a it's a whole new universe. Actually, you have children. Your whole family is here in this state. I mean, your mom can help you with the kids. Your sister can help you with the kids. And now all of a sudden, it's like, oh, my God, we're really moving to a whole nother country, let alone a state. Some women have problems moving to states, but you moved. What was it? How many times, women? You guys have been married tw- over 20 times or something like that, right? We've moved 20 times and we've done 10 international moves. Oh, <laughs> my. How did you keep your sanity? Because if you can do it on that level, I know you can teach other women how to do it on a smaller level. And you do coach about this, yes? Yes. Yes, I do. I, I, I have gotten very organized. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, for, for me, again, it goes back to the vision. Yeah. Because um, one of the things I've noticed in women especially is that they tend to be really focused on what they're doing right now, and that's the only thing that they can do. Yeah. The, the idea of choices is really not, not something they think about, and it may be because we're always juggling so many different things. But for me, when my husband had this opportunity, I looked at it. First of all, he didn't come home and say, we're moving. He said, what do you think, Right. Right. Um, so we started to talk about it. What would be the, what would be the reasons that we would move? Well, the, first of all, to shorten his commute. I mean, he was traveling all the time, which meant in, in, in theory, he was going to be home more often and not jet lagged. That's huge. That's very um, huge. It was a big step up for him in responsibility. And our kids were at an age where it was like, this could be a huge benefit to them. To experience a culture, learn a language, have that experience behind them that their peers would not have. Mm-hmm. And for me, when I looked at it, my career was going gangbusters at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to step back and say, well, is my career only good in this company? Yeah. Is my talent only useful to this company? And the answer was, no, if, if, I, can, if I can be successful here with what I can do, why can't I bring that somewhere else? And now with the internet and the rest of it, there is no reason someone can't take a, you know, an international assignment and continue what they're doing, you know, just located in a different place. Yeah, yeah. So there's a whole lot more advantages right now. The difference is pulling away from your security blanket. Yeah. Whenever you start, out, start getting out of your comfort zone, that's when you really grow. And that's when you, when you really start to see your ingenuity, your creativity, and your world expands. So if someone wanted your coaching sessions, right, mm-hmm. what, what, what can they expect? Well, I offer two different types of coaching. One is individual coaching, mm-hmm. um, which we do either um, one, one-to-one, face-to-face, or via Internet. Um, but we would sit down and kind of drill down into what is the, the 
issues that are causing their strife, first yeah. of all. Yeah. And then figure out well, what is it that they want it to be and, and then figure out a strategy to get there. And oftentimes, whether it's career or home, they're, they're totally intertwined. Your success at work is totally intertwined with how much you're distracted with crap at home. Let's put yeah. it that way. Do you normally so, coach um, singles or do you focus on more couples? I, it, it matters not because okay. uh, someone who's single and doesn't have time to develop a home life or have a personal life, you know, get out there and, and enjoy life, is in the same situation as a, a working wife who's, who's trying to manage the kids at home and, you know, just running around in circles. Yeah. So um, we work through the issues and the, the stuff that we programmed into our heads about what is, what is real and what isn't real. The yeah. fears, the, the expectations, all of those things. Yeah. And, and I get it. Clear it out of the way. They can really start moving forward. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. Okay, so you guys, we're going to go ahead and get into this Dear Daia letter. Um, and before we do, please tell everyone where they can reach you one more time for your coaching services. They can get your free book really quick, really fast, and, um, and, and guide them what they should do. Okay, my website is karenmpierce.com slash HRT for the book. And you can also sign up on my website at karenmpierce.com for getting hold of me for coaching or for just being notified when the book comes out. That's right, because the book isn't even out yet. You guys can get a sneak peek. I think I'm going to want mine as well, okay? Because yeah, but if you use the HRT, you get it for free. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm envisioning that. So. All right, cool. Let's get into this Dear Daia letter. You ready? Yeah. And I think this is really right up her alley. She says, Dear Daia, I am a mother of three. I am 32 years old. And when I tell you that I, thank you, Roy. And when I tell you that I am exhausted with my family life, I have to say that I am. Sometimes that I, sometimes I feel blessed because I can go to work when I want to. Other times I stay home, but I love the fact that I can be home with my children. The only thing that I hate and really dislike is the fact that the kid's father, my husband, he leaves home and sometimes doesn't come sh he leaves home for work excuse me and sometimes doesn't come straight home I want my husband home but sometimes I feel like he feels like I'm smothering him what can I do so that my husband can start coming home expecting um, great times with me and also realizing that me and the kids need him sometimes I have to force the kids to go say hi because he's not there all the time i'm not the busybody. he actually he is and i am not trying well, excuse me hold on she says i am not trying to complain because he does feed us and we're very well taken care of but i want my husband to come home after work what should i do we got three minutes miss 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 okay. karen well it sounds like um first of all they're not on the same page with what they yep. want exactly um, so the, the opportunity to have a conversation about where are we going, again, you know, wh where are we headed? What mm -hmm. is it that we really want to develop as a family would be a good, good discussion. Recognizing, um, it sounds like it's sometimes, not every day, which is a good thing, but um, that, that he's, he's not coming home. But recognizing that she needs that break, too, and that maybe she needs a, a night out every week or every other week um, just just to enjoy herself, right, and with yeah. her friends. 
Yeah. So yep. having trade-off and, and making it a little bit more equal in that regard. And for the same reasons he wants to be out after work, same reasons she might want to have that time. But it sounds like what's happening here is that there's some avoidance at the, at the home. If, yeah. If the kids are not recognizing him, and that's concerning because yeah. my motto is of what you nurture becomes your future. Yeah, and what you, re- what you neglect becomes your regret. Um, while it may seem while the kids are small that dad isn't needed all that often uh, or as much as the mom, very quickly it's going to turn the other way. As teenagers, boys and girls, they're going to be starting to look to dad as yeah. a role model. And without having that foundational relationship, what's going to happen is there is, there is going to be much more strife in the teen years than he thinks possible. <laughs> I agree 100%. And you know what? I wonder, okay, so how many minutes we have, Roy? Are we down to one minute? This is probably the end of the show. We didn't even get into the game. Oh, my God. Oh. Time went by so quick and so fast when I tell you guys. But I want to thank Miss Karen Pierce, who is author, speaker, and coach. You guys, make sure that you go and get that book. She's giving it to you for free because you've been listening here at HRT Radio. And from all of the information that you brought to the show, Miss Karen, do you approve the message that you gave out today i certainly do i she approved this message i have to agree that i approve this message i mean this is the very first female pilot pilot regardless that we've had on the show you guys do not forget to follow me on instagram yes the website is still in movement you guys i'll let you know when that's happening um twitter is waiting for you i know i need to get on twitter i'm never on twitter instagram and facebook is normally my thing you guys, don't forget to follow me. Say hi. Say that ear. We heard the show, whatever the case may be. And with all that being said, I'm wishing you love, peace, blessings, all of this great stuff. And guess what? Same time, same place next week. See you later. Goodbye. Love, peace, and blessings, you guys. Thank you for being on the show, Miss Karen. Thank you. Healthy Relationship Talk Radio. Join us next week, same time, same place, as Daia continues to give practical tools for simple, healthy, face-to-face relationship living. Remember, relationships aren't hard if you have the proper tools to build you a solid foundation. Don't forget to visit FacingRelationships.com for further assistance. That's www.facingrelationships.com.